morning to you. Morning. morning. I want to greet those who are listening to us uh, in the parking lot and on the FM transmitter, and also those who might watch on Facebook later today. I'm just clearing my throat. I don't, I don't have the virus or anything. This is allergies. I may or may not upload this to Facebook later. I don't know. I have been so moved in my spirit. All week long, I've had my, my nose in the book. Lori will tell you if you ask her. But I've been frustrated in my, my study, my sermon prep. And uh, I was thinking about Advent ideas. and I hope everybody had a blessed Thanksgiving. This is just a wonderful time of year. It always is. As, as we think about the birth of Christ. <clears throat> and all that that means. And uh, I wanted to preach an Advent sermon, but God just wouldn't let me. And uh, if I burned enough equity with you as your pastor, I, I ask you to let me just speak to you from my heart this morning and to speak to you prophetically. I believe that, that God wants to, to speak to, to us, to not only to this church, but to the body of Christ and to the nation and uh, to the world. So if you would turn with me to Luke. Chapter 21. And I want to preface everything that's said here this morning by saying that my remarks this morning are in no way politically motivated. If you've been paying attention, I've been saying these things for the past nine months. Now Luke 21, uh, Luke is sharing his version of the Olivet Discourse. And we did a, a number of weeks on this in, uh, in the summertime, so I encourage you to go back if you have not. There's a lot of rich theology here. I'm not going to preach in typical fashion this morning. I'm not going to go line upon line and, and expository uh, as we're going through Luke 21. I'm just going to use this as a, as a jumping off place. But I am going to speak to you from what I believe is what the Holy Spirit would say from the Word of God. We're going to pick up in, uh, in verse 24. Now, in verse leading up to this, Jesus has told, has foretold the destruction of Jerusalem. And that happened in 70 AD. The prophecy of Jesus came to pass in 70 AD. When the Roman Emperor Titus came and burned the city. Jesus alluded to that in the parable that we looked at last week. That, that the king made a marriage for his son. They refused to come and, and the king burned their city. That happened in 70 AD. Let, let me just say this. Every prophecy that the Bible spoke concerning the first coming, or if you will, the Christmas story, came to pass in precise detail. Even the very time of his birth was predicted. By the prophet Daniel, the place of his birth predicted by Micah, the manner of his birth predicted by Isaiah, the born of a virgin. Every one of these prophecies was fulfilled in precise detail. The destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD happened just as Jesus predicted that it would. And we pick up here in verse uh, 24. And it says, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive unto all nations. 
And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the, gen the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now we're living in the times of the Gentiles, prophetically speaking. The prophet Daniel speaks of this too. The, the various, uh, the, Daniel predicted the empires of the world. Daniel predicted them before they even came into being. And, uh, and so we saw, we've seen empires come and go. There's a lifespan for many things. There's also a life cycle for nations. Nations don't live forever. Empires don't live forever. The Roman Empire fell. And I believe we're seeing the collapse of the United States as a, as a world power. You can, think, you can call me a liar. You can call me a fool. I believe I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. You're witnessing before your very eyes the collapse of one of the greatest empires the world has ever known. And it's not because Joe Biden got elected for president. It's not because Donald Trump was incompetent regarding coronavirus. It's because we have chosen evil. We have called good evil and called evil good. We worshiped idols. We murdered and killed babies. We've, we've slaughtered innocents. We've let justice, not justice never goes forth. We celebrate and praise sexual immorality. We've taken the rainbow, which was the symbol of God's promise to Noah that he would not destroy the earth with a flood. And we've made it a symbol for homosexual pride. The very thing that God said was an abomination. The very thing that brought destruct, destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. And yet we hold these things in high esteem. We pass legislature uh, to, to, protect, to protect iniquity and ungodliness. Meanwhile, we allow the murder of innocents. And will God not hold us accountable for these things? Amen. If not, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. If not, he'll have to apologize to Israel. They were carried away captive for the very same things that we are doing right now. And I truly believe this. The only reason that judgment has not come to America is because we have been a friend to Israel. I believe that. Amen. God made a promise to this man named Abraham. He called him from Ur of the Chaldees out of a pagan uh, moon god worship. And he made a promise to this man many, many, many years ago. And he said, I will bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. As, those, as a nation treats Israel, so goes that nation. And as we, I, I pray and, I, and I, I trust that the leadership going forward will continue to be a friend to Israel. Because if we're not, it will not go well for us. I can promise you that. Verse 25 of Luke 21. Jesus said there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Now there have always been problems in the world. I don't believe in newspaper eschatology. I don't believe every time there's a hurricane that we say that the sky is falling, that Jesus is coming back next week or tomorrow. We don't do that. Okay. However, as time goes on, the nations are going to be dealing with more. This has been a perplexing time, hasn't it? There have been other times of pandemics. This is not the only pandemic that there's ever been. There's been others. Okay. I'm not saying that the coronavirus is the end of the world. That was one of the first things I wanted to make clear. When all of this stuff first started happening, people said, is this the tribulation period? No. The tribulation period, from biblically speaking, is marked by the fact that the Antichrist, a world leader, let's just talk about him for a moment. It's very likely that he's alive and well right now. He's being groomed. Satan is grooming him. We don't know who he is, but it's very likely that he's alive and well right now. There's coming a world leader. Now, John, now almost 2,000 years ago, 
John says that there's an antichrist is coming. He said antichrist is coming. He said even now there are many antichrists in the world. Whereby we know that it is the last hour. Think about that. 2,000 years ago, John, the beloved disciple, said we're living in the last days. Now you and I have been chosen to be born into the most, one of the most unique times in human history. We live not only in the last days, we live in the last of the last days. I believe that. The book of Hebrews says it this way. It says that in times past, God spoke to the, the human beings by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things. Jesus Christ, the day of Pentecost, the, the crucifixion, the death, burial, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was a fulfillment, a beginning as it were, of Joel's prophecy. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And that's been happening for the last 2,000 years. God has been pouring out his spirit on all flesh. We are now beginning to see the consummation of all the things that the Old Testament prophets predicted would happen. We're seeing deception on a wide scale. Let me tell you something else that's going to happen in the coming days, weeks, months, years of Jesus' terrors. You are going to see a division in the body of Christ, in the professing church. There will be a division, just as our country is divided down the middle between Republicans and Democrats. You're going to see a division in the church between those who hold to a conservative, orthodox, biblical view of Christianity and those who believe that anything goes. Mark it down. You have entire denominations now that are having discussions on whether or not the Bible is the word of God, whether or not the Trinity is valid or not, whether or not the miracles of the Bible are true. These are happening. Let me tell you what's happening in the universities. And it's not just secular universities. It's happening in Christian universities too, or those that have so-called Christian universities. We have seminary professors who teach that the Bible is not the word of God. That the miracles of the Bible are not true. That Jesus Christ was not born of a virgin. Listen, if Jesus was not born of a virgin, then he's not God. And if he's not God, then you and I are, are wasting our time here. We need to go home. Because he's just a man. But he's not just a man. He was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. The miracles of Jesus were true. I believe that he walked on the water. I believe he turned the water into wine. I believe he raised the dead. That he cleansed the leper. I believe that he died on Calvary's cross. And I believe he rose again on that third day. And he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And he's coming again. I believe it. Our schools. Our children are being indoctrinated. Not, not, not every teacher. We have, we have godly Christian teachers, even in our own church family here. But our children are being indoctrinated. They're being taught that evolution is fact. And it's not. It's fiction. It's pure fiction. I'm so thankful that I had a science teacher by the name of Sid Fletcher at Wingate University. Some of you may remember Sid. And Sid was not politically correct. I remember the first day in our biology, biology lab, he said, now some of your textbooks are going to tell you that there was a big bang and that everything just exploded into being and that, that men came from monkeys. And he said, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's a lie. God created the heavens and the earth. And that's how he taught our class. And I thank God for men like Sid Fletcher. I would that God, God would raise up more men and women like Sid Fletcher to teach the truth of God's word to be, to be bold you see, the devil wants to intimidate us and to tell us that, that, that we, we can't preach the truth. And I believe that, that our government is going to become more and more hostile toward Christianity. 
You, you might think I'm a fool, but I believe this is going to happen. That we're, we're seeing it already. You, you see how these people in California are dealing with things, with, with the churches? We don't hear a whole lot about it here, but let me tell you, some of our friends out Western are fighting some real battles about their right, their freedom to assemble, to peaceably assemble. But it's okay to riot in the streets. It's okay to burn things down, but we can't gather together and worship God. Even forbidding gatherings outside. And yet you can go outside and watch football games and do everything else. And, uh, and listen, again, I'm not politically motivated here this morning, but, but we need to wake up, church. We need to wake up. If we don't, it's going to be too late. Now, Jesus said there's going to be perplexing times. There's going to be signs of the sun and the moon. Now, the Bible predicts blackouts. You know there's been blackouts throughout human history. During the, uh, the, the plagues of Israel in the book of Exodus, the Bible says that there was blackout, that the, the, the earth was black because of the plague that came. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross, and we believe it, Good Friday or Thursday, I'm not going to split hairs with you one way or the other, but when he died on Calvary's cross, the Bible says there was darkness over the whole earth. And the Bible says, again, there's going to be a blackout. Now, we, we've seen some eclipses, lunar eclipses, solar eclipses. And there's, there's been time when, for a moment of time, the earth would go black and, and it's kind of an eerie feeling. But then the sun would come back out. But I believe there's going to come blackouts probably for days on end that we're going to see. And let me tell you, people are going to begin to, uh, to, to be afraid when this happens. And I'm telling you, these things before they happen, because Jesus Christ has predicted that there's going to be signs, there's going to be perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now, I don't know how you feel about climate change, and again, this is not a political sermon. But the Bible says that the climate of the earth is going to change. It, it's, it's not just because people are driving uh, automobiles that are not energy efficient. It's because the Bible is being fulfilled before our very eyes. You, have you noticed even in our own area that the weather seems to get more and more extreme? Have you noticed that? Um, and the Bible says the sun is going to scorch men during the tribulation period. <clears throat> Men's hearts, verse 26, are failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now, I want you to understand something. That before anything happens in the natural, it happens in the spiritual. The, the, the reason there's going to be such perplexity on the earth, and the reason that there's so much trouble on the earth right now is because there's trouble in the heavenlies. The reason we're so deeply divided right now, the reason there's such anarchy, and that's what it is, it's the spirit of lawlessness. The Apostle Paul says the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he who now hinders or restrains, the King James says, lets, will let until he be taken out of the way. Okay. Right now, there's a restraining force in the earth, and that is the body of Christ. The Holy Ghost in the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The only reason that hell cannot prevail right now is because we're still here. Because we're still on the earth, and God is still working in the church. We're not perfect by any means. We're, we're not. Uh, Jesus told the church in Philadelphia, he says, you have a little strength. That's the church in the last days. Is he, the church has a little strength. We're not a world power. When Jesus comes back for the church, the church is not going to be, uh, I don't believe in dominion theology. I don't believe in kingdom now theology. That, that the, the church is just going to take over the whole world and we're going to help usher in the presence of Jesus. No way. 
The Bible says that things are going to get worse and worse. That men are going to be deceivers and being deceived, seducers. The Bible says in the last days men shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. That's happening right now. Doctrines, there's deception in the church right now. You turn on the television and you'll be hard-pressed, unless it's some local broadcast, you'll be hard-pressed to see a, a true gospel message on Christian television, so-called Christian television. It's all this health and wealth, prosperity stuff. Kingdom now. It's not Bible truth. Bible says you'll have trouble. But see, you can't build a megachurch that way by telling people that they're going to have problems, by telling men that they're going to have to take up the cross and follow Jesus. It's hard to build a, a megachurch because men have itching ears, Paul said. They have itching ears and they will heap to themselves teachers to tell them fables and turn away from the truth, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Paul says, from such turn away. From such turn away. We need to embrace truth. We need to listen to the truth, even when it's not popular. We need to preach the truth, even if nobody stands with us. Paul says it to the Ephesians. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It was true in the days of Paul. It was true during the Dark Ages. It was true during the Reformation. It was true during the Great Awakening. It's true in 2020. That we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. There are demonic powers that are working in the world. That's why we see the world in the chaos that it's in. That's why this country is in the chaos that it's in. It's because of the mystery of iniquity. Jesus said because the iniquity of many shall abound, the love of many will grow cold. He says that brother, eventually brothers will betray one another because of the sake of the gospel. Now in verse 28, Jesus said, when these things begin to come to pass, when we see them on the horizon, he says, then look up for your redemption draws near. See, So what I'm telling you today is not to be a, a Debbie Downer. I'm not telling you this, you'll leave saying, boy, I wish we'd have heard a Christmas sermon today. Wish preacher would have preached on Thanksgiving. No, I'm telling you these things not to, to make you feel hopeless, but to make you feel hopeful. Because your redemption, you're closer now to the kingdom of God. You say, well, preacher, I've still got things that I'm looking forward to in my life. Listen, let me make it real personal for you. My oldest daughter just got married. Okay? She's, she's thinking about all the things that she wants to experience in this life. She's got a baby on the way. I'm going to be a granddaddy. I know I don't look like one. But I'm going to be one. Amen. And I'm excited about it. But I'm not excited about the world that that grandbaby's coming into. Because I know what the Bible says about the world that this baby's going to be born into. But I know that they want to experience these things. I've got... One, I've got a, a daughter in college now. And I've got another one that's going to be in college in the fall with Jesus Terry's. These are exciting times for them. And I don't in any way want to diminish their hope and their enjoyment of these things. But it still does not diminish the fact that the Bible is the word of God. And that history is going to fulfill, be fulfilled the way God said that it would. And so we're to, not to be hopeless. We're to be hopeful. And we're to look up. Because our redemption draws by. Now then Jesus speaks a parable. He says, behold the fig tree and all the trees. 
Now Luke has a Gentile emphasis. Some people say the fig tree is Israel. But here he says the fig tree and all the trees. And so what is the example of the fig tree? Well, he says in verse 30, he says, When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is now near at hand. Now here in the south, one of my great barometers for spring is the Bradford pear tree. Whenever you see them begin, to, and I love to see them in full bloom. I don't like to smell them. They aggravate my allergies. But when I see the Bradford pears begin to, they're like big Q-tips or whatever, cotton swabs. When they bloom out, even though it's usually in March, when they do, early April, late March, even though it's a little chilly outside, I know that that's a precursor that summer is coming. Right? I know that summer's at hand. And Jesus said, likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is near at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. So we're seeing things. Now here's the, here's the deal of church. I believe that most of what Jesus spoke in Luke 21 is pertaining to the tribulation period, not pertaining to the time that we live in now. I believe that the church is removed prior to the tribulation period. I'm pre-trib. And I make no bones about it. And I spent the whole summer trying to prove it to you. And some of you still don't believe it. And I'll explain it to you on the way up. <laughs> Thank God belief in the pre-trib rapture is not a prerequisite for going to the rapture. You can have some messed up eschatology and still go into rapture. Thank goodness. Don't be messed up on the big stuff though, okay? We don't need to be messed up on the big stuff. So the point I'm trying to make is this, that we're beginning to see the shadows, you know, coming events cast their shadows before them. We're seeing the shadows of the tribulation period now. And Jesus said, you see these things begin to come to pass. And if the tribulation is on the horizon, how much closer then is the rapture of the church? Because the rapture takes place prior to the tribulation period. And by the way, the rapture is not... The, the rapture doesn't begin the tribulation period. The tribulation be period begins, according to Daniel chapter 9, with the confirming of the covenant. The Antichrist signs a firm, firm covenant with Israel for seven years, or one week, as Daniel says. I want you to consider something else. Who is the greatest ally that Israel has right now? United States, right? If we're still a world power... Why in the world would Israel sign a covenant with the Antichrist? Think about it. If we're still a world power, why on earth would Israel sign a treaty with some other nation? Do you realize the whole world hates, hates these people? The whole world hates them. The United Nations would love to get rid of them. They're nothing but a thorn in the side of, the, of globalism. There's coming a new world order, folks. It's, it's happening before your very eyes. You wonder why all the small businesses are going out of business? Now, I'm not against Amazon. I love getting my packages delivered to me and not having to go to the mall. But it's really not good for America. It's going to come to the place. It's going to come to a point. Now, I don't know about the coin shortage. I'm not going to speak to that. I don't. That's beyond my pay grade. We're going to come to a cashless society. We're coming to it. Now, I don't know if coronavirus will be the catalyst. You know, we, can't, we can't be transferring money. We can't be touching money anymore. Money's dirty. 
can't do it. I don't know what excuse they'll use. Okay? But this is the strategy Satan has always used. That we trade away freedom in, in, in return for security. We think that we're giving up freedom in order to be more healthy, to be more secure. But what we're really doing is enslaving ourselves. You're enslaved. There's no such thing as government-funded anything. It's taxpayer-funded <laughs> These guys promise you free this, free that. You guess who's paying for it? The people who work and pay taxes. Oh, you don't like this kind of preaching, but it's okay. Preach it anyway. You can fire me, get another pulpit committee for them. Get somebody come in here, tickle your ears if you want to. I'm not going to. I love you too much to tickle your ears. I love you enough to tell you the truth. There's coming a new world order. The biometric technology is already in place, folks, where you can simply scan your hand. And it's going to come to that. I don't know how it's coming about. I'm not here trying to predict the future to tell you exactly how it's going to happen. But I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a move away from money. And it's going to be digital. The smaller businesses are going to go out of business. These big corporations are going to become the, the order of the day. You're, there's going to be one place where you can get health care. Notice all the insurance companies, the smaller ones are getting swallowed up. Right? All, all the, the retailers, they're going out of business. Even the big box stores are being affected. There's a reason, folks. There's a new world order that's coming. And there's going to be a man that's going to rise to power. Revelation 13 talks about it. You don't have to turn there. There's going to be a beast that arises out of the sea. And he's going to speak blasphemous things. And he's going to make it so that unless you take a mark in your hand or in your forehead, you will not be able to buy or to sell. And when you do that, you seal your fate. Now, they're working on a vaccine for the coronavirus. And I know within a few weeks of, before it's released, there's going to be a bunch of conspiracy theory people on the Internet saying that if you take a vaccine, you're taking the mark of the beast. Let me, let me just clarify something real quick, and I hope you trust me. A vaccine does not in and of itself mean that you're taking the mark of the beast. Okay? I'm not telling you you should or shouldn't take the vaccine. Okay, That's up to you. To decide whether or not you do this or not. It could be a way that the Antichrist uses all this stuff. I don't know. Okay. But the mark of the beast will not be something that you receive uh, inadvertently. The mark of the beast is something that you will take in allegiance and worship to the beast. And if, if, if I interpret the Bible correctly, that won't happen until the midpoint of the tribulation period. Because the Bible says he'll continue for 42 months. And he's going to cause everybody. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Israel coming into the into the world, into the you know, back into their land, was an extremely significant event in Bible prophecy. After World War One happened, and World War Two, the, these were all biblical uh, prophetic events that took place, and they made it possible for the Jews to return to their land. Okay? It's very significant that Israel is back in the land right now. And that they have control over Jerusalem. Because the scripture says that there will be a third temple that's built. Now it's not, I don't, as far as I know, there's no construction underway on the temple. However, they are training Levites now. You'd be interested to know. They're training the Levitical priests to be able to, uh, to execute the, the, um, the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. Now, 
God will not section this third temple. He says that in the book of Isaiah. This is not a temple that God will sanction. However, the Jews are going to rebuild their temple. And the scripture says, and the scripture will not be broken. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and also in Revelation 13. That the Antichrist is going to go into this temple that the Jews will rebuild. And he's going to go into the Holy of Holies and proclaim himself to be God. And at that moment, that's what the scriptures refer to as the abomination of desolation. Spoken of by Daniel the prophet. And when this happens, he will annihilate the Jewish people. Two-thirds of the Jewish population will be destroyed. It'll be a it will make the Holocaust of Hitler's day look like it's on a small scale. Now think about that for a moment. I don't know if you've ever visited the Holocaust Museum. I've been told that there are so many exits in that place in Israel. There's, there's a Holocaust Museum and there are so many exits to that place. And the reason being is because people are just overwhelmed with grief as they walk through and they see. Now, some of the history teachers in, um, in your school, they teach that the Holocaust didn't happen. See? But it did. Millions and millions of Jews were killed. And some of it was done. Hitler claimed to be a Christian. That's why a lot of Jewish people are very um, skeptical of Christianity. Because there's been a lot of atrocities done to them in the name of Christ. So keep that in mind when you witness the Jewish people. But there's going to be a Holocaust that's going to happen. The Antichrist is going to show himself to be God. He's going to be a, a, a great dragon. He's going to be energized by the power of Satan. And he's going to destroy all of those who won't take the mark of the beast. This is, this is what's on the horizon, folks. This is reality. This is what's going to happen. But Jesus said we need to lift up, we need to lift up our heads because our redemption draws near. Verse 33, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. There's a lot of predictions that have, that have failed. That's why I'm not a big conspiracy theory person. Because just about every conspiracy theory I see on the internet is proven to be false eventually. However, there's usually some element of truth to every conspiracy theory. Do I believe that there are sinister forces that work behind the scenes? Absolutely. Do I believe that there are evil men who want to rule the world? Absolutely. There is a new world order that's going to come. It's energized by Satan. Most of the predictions that the conspiracy theorists posit and predict, they never come to pass, or they're cleverly ex explained away. But the words that Jesus spoke, the things that Jesus said are going to happen, they're going to happen. You can take it to the bank. Now, verse 34, he says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged, now, the King James says with surfeiting. You probably haven't used that word in a sentence lately. If you have, I think that's pretty cool. You're, you're running in different circles than I run in. Surfeiting. You know this word's only used one time in the New Testament? And I actually was so curious, I did some study on the etymology of the word. And the word literally means that you've had so much of something, you're, you're so drunk on it, or you're, you've had so much of it, that it just makes you sick. 
That happened to me one time with chicken livers. <laughs> About five years ago, <laughs> I went to this place called Mr. G's on 200. Good little restaurant. They're not getting paid for this plug here. But I ordered a plate of chicken livers. Okay? And when I would go to Quincy's, I like to get a few off the bar. You ever get just a few chicken livers off the bar? If you just get a few, they're pretty good. But I ordered a whole plate of them things. And I ate every one of them. And to this day, the thought of eating the chicken liver is about the nastiest thing to me. Because I, I got surfeited on chicken livers. Okay? He said, lest your heart be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness. Now look, it's not just wine, women, and song here. But he says also on what? The cares of this life. Some people are not... Uh, Surfeited on alcohol and drugs, but we're so carried away with the things of the world. We're so concerned with the things of our daily lives. You know, Jesus said when the Son of Man comes back, it'll be like the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, they were just going about their daily lives. They were marrying and giving in marriage. They were completely unaware of what was about to happen. Jesus said, as a snare, you know what a snare is, right? It's a trap. Does, does any animal knowingly walk into a snare? None. They're caught unaware, right? It takes them by surprise. That's, that's the imagery of a snare. Jesus said as a snare, it's going to come upon the whole world. This is how widespread the deception is. That's why I never look for the return of Christ when everything's chaotic. When the pandemic first happened and everybody was buying up the toilet paper and they're doing that again and, and buying up the meat and, and we were we were panicking, right? And people thought, was this the end of the world? I thought, well, no. Because Jesus Christ comes when people are not expecting it. He's coming as a, as a snare. The tribulation is going to come upon the whole world. If you've read 1 Thessalonians, Paul says this, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman with travail and they shall not escape. Okay. So it's in times of peace and prosperity. I believe that September the 11th was a major prophetic marker. Uh, and it happened almost 20 years ago. Remember when those towers first fell? Within the space of about an hour, a handful of Muslims brought this country to its knees. And we're talking about America, the home of the brave, the home of the free. We have an amazing army. We have amazing military power and might. And a handful of Muslims brought this country to its knees within an hour's time. Don't think for a moment that couldn't happen again. I'm not trying to scare you. But I'm just saying. There's all kinds. And it's not just flying planes in the towers anymore. There's, there's chemical weapons. I don't know. If you've ever read about electromagnetic pulse, there's things they can do to our power grid. Again, I'm not trying to frighten you. But imagine the terror and the panic that would, that would ensue if something happened to the power grid. Imagine that. All of your food goes bad. Okay? No, no internet. Can't do any banking transactions. Who carries cash around anymore, right? We swipe the debit card. What happens if the power goes off? 
We become dependent on you know, whoever's in power. These are things we need to think about. We don't need to be terrified of these things. What does Jesus say is our, is our instruction here? He says in verse 36, he says, watch. Why do we watch? Because we don't know the day or the hour that the Son of Man is coming. We watch because we see the parable of the fig tree. We watch. I'm trying to serve as the role of a watchman this morning. I don't want to be asleep at my post. See, I believe that when those towers fell, that God was giving America a wake-up call. Amen. I do. I do with all of my heart. And remember from the first couple of weeks after September the 11th, remember how the churches were filled? Those of you who were old enough to remember. I just remember. And I remember the unity that we all felt. There was no Republican and Democrat. We were Americans. And we were Christians. And we loved the Lord. And fast forward 20 years. And look at the mess this country has become. Think about how far we have fallen in 20 years. I want you to consider something. I did a little bit of research this morning. And I'm about to close. Think about it. Just within the last 150 years. Think about it. 2,000 years roughly since Jesus Christ ascended back to the Father. In the late 1800s, that's when the automobile was invented. And it wasn't until the 1900s that Orville, Wilbur, Wilbur and Orville flew that airplane, Kitty Hawk. Think about it. Wasn't until the 60s. Just, just recently. I know my kids think I was alive when Noah was on the ark, but... <laughs> We were at Thanksgiving the other day, and my daughter said, what was it like to sail over on the Mayflower? <laughs> so I'm taking your Christmas presents back. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that we lost the first man into space. We went from horse and buggy to automobile to airplane to interstellar travel. That's a prediction of prophecy too, by the way. The prophet Daniel says in the last days that knowledge will increase exponentially and that many would run to and fro. It wasn't until now that the whole world could see the abomination of desolation. That's going to take place in Jerusalem, in Israel, in the, in the third temple that's rebuilt. How is it that Jesus says that now that the whole world can see the abomination of desolation? We can turn, tune into it. We can see it on satellite television. Being all over the world. I just want you to be alert. And, and I'm not trying to scare you. But I want you to be alert to what's happening. There's more and more tracking devices. Every move you make is being tracked. There's a reason why you see the ads that you see on your social media. It's because they, 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 they're researching. There's no such thing as a free social media platform. And I thank God that we can still use things, these social media tools. But you need to understand this too. There's only a handful of people that own all of the media outlets in the world. 
And the news that you see on the news is not really what you need to be paying attention to. You see, back in, in the fall of last year, all you were hearing about was impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. Day after day, we were bombarded with them trying to impeach. But the real story was the pandemic that was, was on the loose Wuhan. That was the real story. And right now, all you're hearing is COVID, 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 COVID. Millions of people are dying every day. COVID, COVID, COVID. You're going to hear, I'm, I'm going to prophesy to you. From now until Biden gets in the White House, all you're going to hear is COVID. And COVID's real. And don't play around with it. God has blessed us. God has blessed us in this church. Amen. Take it seriously, folks. Wash your hands, social distance, all of this stuff. It's real. People are dying from it. I have friends and family who, who, who have had a rough time with it. Some of you do too. We know people in this church that have been ex our extended family. There, there are those right now, relatives who are clinging to life support right now. It's no joke, folks. But I'm going to tell you, from now until Biden... Get sent in the white. All you're going to hear is COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. That's all you're going to hear. And Biden's going to get in office. And he's going to say, everybody's going to wear a mask. And we're going to have a vaccine. Vaccines are going to be mandatory. You're not going to be able to go anywhere unless you've been vaccinated. They're, they're already talking about this. You won't be able to board an airplane unless you can show a vaccine. And it's going to divide people even more. You know how people are divided over the mask. I'm not going to argue with you one way or the other. You know? That's why we didn't make it mandatory here. If you see me wearing a mask, I'm not wearing it because I'm afraid. I'm wearing it just to protect you. If I, if you see me with one on, okay. But people are divided about it. When this vaccine, I'm going to go ahead and predict. When the vaccine comes out, people are going to be divided about it. Some people are going to say it's the mark of the beast. Some people are going to say if you don't take it, that you're not loving your neighbor. You know, it's such a polarizing thing. You're going to say it. You're going to see this nation is going to be bumping and bumping and bumping. You're going to hear, you're going to hear COVID from now until probably springtime. But the real story is what they're not telling you on the news. The real story, you need to pay attention to what's going on in the Middle East. This stuff with Iran and Israel. Because the Bible predicts that there's going to be an invasion from the north. Gog and Magog. You read about that in Ezekiel perhaps. Russia and Iran are like this. They are. And Iran is kind of the puppet of Russia. And you're going to see in the coming days, weeks, months, years, however long it is, the real story is the Middle East. That's the real story, what's going on. The news media is not going to. What you see on the news is what they want you to see. They don't report the news, they make the news. I'm telling you the truth. I've worked in media. I've been interviewed by news media. I've been on TV. Did you know that I'm TV preacher? <laughs> I've been interviewed by television reporters. And I've seen how they edit and splice. And make, it, make, make you say what they want you to say. Whether it's 60 Minutes or even Fox News or whatever. I don't care. They all do it. They all edit. What you're seeing on the news media is cleverly edited Programmed stuff for your consumption. And it's, there's an agenda behind it. Pay attention to the word of God. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open and pray. I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that this coronavirus, what it has done, it has given every single one of us, and myself included, 
It's given us more of a desire just to return back to normal than anything, right? We want to be able to hug and handshake. We want to go back to restaurants. We want to go back to movies. We want to go back to sporting events. We want to go back to having gatherings. We want to have meals in our home. We want to go out with friends and family. We all want those things. And I, my fear is that we will not see what God has been trying to speak to us for the last nine months. And that is that things are not business as usual. They're not. Things are going on in this world and you, need, you and I need to be alert. If you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, now we get to the application part of this. If you're not saved, you're living on borrowed time. You're a dead man walking. The Bible says that the one who does not believe in God, that the, in Jesus Christ, that the wrath of God abides on him. Think about it. That's a terrifying thought. We don't hear much preaching like Jonathan Edwards, sinners in the hands of an angry God. But the truth is that the wrath of God abides on those that don't believe. And hell's a real place. The lake of fire is a real place. It's not a fairy tale. And it's not a party. You don't want to go there. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's exactly where you're going. If you're a believer, don't walk away from this with a feeling of hopelessness and despair. Know that your, your name's written in heaven and that you and I, our real life is hidden with Christ. When the rapture takes place, it's not the end of, of, of all fun as we know it. It's the beginning. The beginning of, of, of a great life. Believer, if you're, if you're surfeited, if I could use that word, because I probably won't use it again for a long time. If you're just surfeited on the things of the world, if you're just so consumed, you know, even this coronavirus stuff can just be all-consuming. Just watching all the coverage about it, talking about it, researching all the data and all that stuff. The cares and the anxieties of this world. Listen, as long as we're still here on the earth, we're going to have problems. If it's not coronavirus, it's going to be something else. There's always... In our little church family here, our little flock, I can look around the room this morning and I know that each one of you are facing your own individual trials. I'm looking around at people that I love. And I know even in your individual lives, in your homes, you're facing trials. Troubles with your health. Troubles with finances. Trouble in your marriages. Troubles in your relationships. Maybe it's with children, grandchildren. Family problems. Sometimes there are church problems that arise. But I want you to keep the big picture in mind. Listen, we're too close to the finish line to be worried about trivial things. We are. We're too close to the finish line to be worried about things that don't matter. We're too close to the finish line to be expending all our energy on stuff that's going to pass away. I, I, that's the truth. Invest the rest of our time here. I want to encourage you to invest it in things that will last. Things where there's an enduring substance. Things that are going to bring forth a reward. We just stand. If you don't know this Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day. We're not promised tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Perhaps some of the things I've said today have, have produced fear in your heart. 
And maybe you're questioning whether or not you truly have been born again. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. It's not about joining a church. It's not about even getting baptized or signing a card or any of those things. It's about making a real, honest profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, I invite you today to come and do that. If you're a believer here today that is just weighed down with the cares of this life, I invite you to come to this altar. 